What's up? This is Jay Brody, and you're listening to The Decan Show. Yo, check it out. whole new generation of young people today who belong nowhere. But I prefer to be now cast third culture kids where the concept of the Decan is the, the corner shop or the top We are live outside. Hey, yo, what's up, people? What up, nation? It's a revolution of expression. You're tuned in to The Decan Show. Stay tuned in. Arab digital generation is shaping our identity, their creative expression, and their future. So please give a very warm welcome. Welcome to your tribe. Are debating whether, because my family were uh, Italian background, they they left Italy, but Italy never left them. Right. So they wanted to keep chickens. That's right. In a suburban residential neighborhood in a Canadian city. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not cool unless you're Italian who doesn't want to be. It wasn't even that kind of neighborhood, to be no, honest was, with you. It was a really nice And they didn't have one or two chickens. They went <laughs> for like 15. They had like a, they had like a farm. <laughs> in a backyard that wasn't big. No. <laughs> there was okay. only the cage. It was only the cage. Like you walked out and then there was the cage. Like my backyard at the time was like 15, 18 feet long <laughs> by nine feet wide. Like yeah. it's not extraordinarily large. No, no. 18 chickens. I think we were 21 at the time. Yeah, yeah. And I said, we have a bunch of chickens. And at this time we would hang out. Sometimes we'd hang out at the roof of a building. Just to like look out onto the city. Yeah. Nice place. Nice time. Nice place to hang out. And think about your your life. Yeah. And uh, my friend Reem's in the car. We had this bet going that uh, a chicken, if you toss the chicken off the building, would it live? And I'm like, <laughs> it's gonna live. No, it's not. And everyone's like, no, it won't. I'm no, like, there was a bunch of us in the car, no? Yes. Like, oh yeah, the car was. The all car was. Cars were all, our, oh, by the way, it was so cold. Yeah. Whoever had whoever had a whip, whoever had cars, mm-hmm. would be filled with people just because we were trying to stay out of the cold yeah. and we didn't want to go home. And we were broke, so we wouldn't we're run broke. the car for. We wouldn't get any so this, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't run the we didn't run the heater for too long because the body heat would eventually rise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember someone said, "Someone's like chickens don't fly." And then there was this debate about whether if we threw a chicken off a building, would it it fly or would it not? Yeah. And this is going to sound like animal cruelty. We were young one. Two, I believed it would live. (laughs) Jason was like, no, no, no. This is not cruel. It's going to live. So we decided to take one of the chickens. (laughs) Yep. Toss it over the backyard because they don't want to run it through the house. Right. Wake up the family. And and I was like, I'm not having any of this. I remember back then I was like, I'm will. We have to do this for science. Mm -hmm. But there was a part of me that was like, this is a terrible. You you abstained as far as your vote goes in the matter, but you were an observer. I was I was an I was an active observer. Yes. Anyway, so we take this chicken. I smuggle it under my shirt. We go up the building to the roof. We place bets on whether the chicken will live. I'm adamant it lives. Yes, 21. you never lost focus on that. No. <laughs> twenty-one stories up. Yeah, we, yeah. The building was twenty-one stories high. It was cold. It was cold. It was cold. We take the chicken. It wasn't freezing. No, no, it, it was, was okay. It was, it was nippy. It was nippy. We take the chicken. We put it in, a, in a, like we make a little chicken hammock so that we could throw the chicken off the roof evenly. Right. So just for people, there was a blanket in the back seat of the car. Yeah. And, or blanket for or some of some sort. It was just my bed sheet. It was just Jason's bed sheet or something, <laughs> and that's what they used to cradle the chicken. We didn't want to like spike it so it would get injured or anything like that, and we <laughs> want to make sure it had a good chance. Right. <laughs> so on three, we're gonna toss the chicken. Yeah. 
Reem's just an observer. It's myself and another gentleman who tossed the chicken. One, two, three. Chicken goes up. And as, as soon as the chicken goes in the air, I realized, oh, boy, I made a mistake. We threw the chicken up too high. No, the chickens don't fly. The chicken, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, so it's not that you made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> it's that nature, God, whatever. They didn't make chickens good <laughs> they didn't enough. make chickens fly. All right. Anyways, that's the beginning of that debate. So chicken's up too many stories The now. chicken peaks, I think. Peaks at probably 23 stories. At now. 23 stories and then begins to like nosedive. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Come on. Uh, let's come be on, real. Brody. The chicken started to flap its wings. It did. It did. I remember. Then we noticed struggle. It, that was when I started to panic. And then the chicken locked its wings into a glide. And it, it started to glide. <laughs> and what we noticed was it made a strong U-turn. It was like a boomerang. A beautiful boomerang. It was like a boomerang. And it uh, as soon as its Elegant. wings locked, it was like a soaring eagle. Yeah. Boomerang. <laughs> Right into someone's balcony. It boomeranged, we estimate, probably, s I'm saying six, six stories. Yeah. And I'm going to say, tw it, it landed, let's say, on the 16th floor. It landed on the 16th floor. Balcony. Oh, my God. And we're, we heard it land, and then we heard... And then Worst winner and worst loser, Jason Rowe, you guys. Because I'll tell you now, he was so arrogant about the fact that the chicken survived. But what still I think about from time to time is the fact that there's a person on the 16th floor of that building who woke up that day. Oh, we left the chicken there. You're right. Who woke up that morning and found a perfectly fine, alive and thriving chicken oh my God, I forgot. on their balcony. <laughs> having no idea, because like those, the apartments in those days, all of them had chain locks. I remember, yes. Okay, so um, the apartments that we were at, yeah. they, you, first of all, we didn't want to, oh, it was so late at night. We didn't want to knock on someone's we door. Gone. It was gonna, we were already, how would you explain what we'd just done? Um, Jason was right for the record. It's been <laughs> so many years, you're, you're, you were right. And we couldn't actually go down because we were so we far. Going, we were we no one's going <laughs> to go down. Maybe. I was Let's like, we honest. have to go get the chicken. We're not, maybe that was you. My exact <laughs> thoughts were, that's hilarious. <laughs> that person's going to wake up and not understand life anymore, as we how, know it. How did the chicken get there? 16 floors up. There's no Latches way. on the door. No one got in the house. Oh, my God. I you remember. can't. A chicken doesn't fly 16 stories up and land on your balcony. I remember that. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So someone had a, a, a surprise in the morning. So, chicken lived. Anyone in Mississauga, if you... <laughs> If you're listening to this, yeah. we you're welcome. you're welcome. Yeah, we're not sorry. You're welcome. I, I had this scenario <laughs> where the person like, you know, hopefully they had a spiritual experience. I think so. That then that in that moment they realized like they needed, everything is gonna be they okay. They were hungry and needed food. And they needed hope. Oh, oh sorry. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, you saw food. Do you think these people would have cooked? No, it's that's not. They were. I think that they were gonna sell the chicken. They weren't going to eat the chicken. Gonna, maybe for Your Italian family would eat, eat the, chicken. the chicken. Other people would raise it like they, would, they were hungry and then a full <laughs> chicken was there. And they would keep it for four days, get some eggs and be like, it's time. It's time now. Put a beer can in its butt <laughs> no, and stick it on a cast no, iron skillet and no. throw that thing in the oven Mama, for an hour. No, And that's what I thought. No. <laughs> it would, I have a great recipe. So I can't. I, I, we have so many of these stories. And I wondered how we did everything we did. We worked so hard. We did, you know, we did yeah. so much stuff. And I, I realize now as you're talking, one of the things that makes a great enduring friendship is uh, forgiveness 
for who the person is in that moment because they're definitely going to change. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, who they are and who they're not yeah. as well. Forgiveness. Like respecting people for what they're doing or what they've done right. or what they're going to do and stuff like that. I think that was important. We both kind of gave each other leeway to uh, experiment with life a bit. Yeah, and always to just say, like, you can go and do your thing, but I'll be here. And, you know, I'll... No, I'm, when When... One of the things that I've always known is that if I ever needed you, I could call you and you'd get on a plane, yeah. like and vice versa. I always knew that if you said, "Reem, I'm not, I'm not good right now," I would find my way yeah. to you because I think that's what great friends do. But also beyond friendship, I think it's that um, we are survivors of violent backgrounds. Yeah. We're tri we're people who we had so many parallels. Like my father dealt with addiction and I was trying to live a life that didn't have addiction in it. You know, I wasn't, I, I don't think I've had an addictive personality, but one of the things I recognize, we talked about cycles in sociology, about how it's really hard to break out of your family's social location or your family's social status. And every time you break out, so many factors in society are going to try and drag you right back in the whole systems against you which yeah. which is challenging right yeah. so when i saw you slipping into addiction my worry i knew you were going to find your way out for some reason but my worry was that this pattern of your dad that was set by your father really that that nature would keep repeating itself and repeating itself yeah. and repeating itself and it didn't it you didn't. you you come it, it, it didn't. didn't no it didn't and it, it was just one of those things where it's like I, with addiction for me especially i, I never look at it as like fully over because you i don't i think once you take your eye off of the fact that you're always at risk yes of going back to like i never ever thought i would get addicted to painkillers or any kind of drugs i never thought i would end up it where was, was so out, like just to paint a picture about who jason jason was student council president he was like you've won so many awards i can't even yeah. begin to talk to people about how many awards you've won an upstanding canadian citizen and i turned into a grimy like do what i have to do to make ends meet, get more drugs, do all this stuff. I turned into... He turned into... I don't mean to interrupt you, but I yeah. have to say it. He turned into somebody that wasn't my best friend for a yeah. while. And I knew he would find his way back. Yes. Do you know? But in that time as well, it was very hard to connect to you because I think you were a bit... You didn't want me to be a part of that world, so you disconnected from me. Also on a ton of drugs. That's, <laughs> uh, I, mean, I could barely connect to a chair. I would just fall off it and be on the ground. So, so yeah, I got it was a bit tough. It's a it was tough. It was tough. That was... But I, I do feel like, you know... I knew you were going to find your way out. I tried my best to help, but I think in those moments, my help was futile. Like, I wasn't going to save you. Do you know no, what I you, mean? You it had to save yourself. You, it was, see, what I think, uh, I don't know when we made that agreement that we would be there for each other when we needed Yeah, to, yeah. But it was, it's just this, knowing that I, wherever I am, and I think offering this to your friends is the best thing you can do. You have to say it to your friends. No matter what happens, I will be there when you need me. Yeah. So it, because the life will take, sometimes takes everything from you. Yeah. And just to know that I have that one friend, at least I have a friend in the world somewhere when I'm alone. And even if it doesn't mean picking up the phone and yeah. calling you at that point, knowing that I have one friend out there and that you have a friend and me out there as well. I think giving that to the people around you is a beautiful gift. Yes. Um, that assurance that, you know, this will work. One thing I learned from you, though, and, and, and in regards to friendship, and I've taken this 
professionally into uh, a lot of success for myself in my, the fields I've chosen to go into in the last five years is everyone around you, you make sure they win. Yeah. And that's something I've, once I started implicating that, I didn't do it early in my life because stubborn, but. Well, also because you were surrounded by a lot of people who were not reciprocal. They were not, no. they were, they were, there were a lot of people that I, even I flagged a few people around you. Not that I, I yeah. just wanted to take care of you. Yeah. And I just said, you, you, I don't think that person has the same intentions for you no. as you have for them. Some people want your wins. Yeah. But they don't want you to win too much. People get very weird. Yeah. I found when I was at my lowest, I had the most friends because people kind of like watching. Misery loves company. Misery loves company. And people like to see someone who was once at their peak uh, fall from grace. Fall from grace. Yeah. It makes them feel better. When I got better, I lost so many friends. It's, it's the weirdest thing, isn't it? And um, like, and when you're ill, you, when you're quiet, yeah. The, the the people who call, the you know, even though sometimes it's just a text message, that says that says something. It's yeah. just like a like a just a flag, and a I, green flag. And I think flag. with you, everyone wins around you, and Thank that's you. important. And you make sure that happens, and you're interested in that, and that's something you go towards. And putting that into play in my career uh, has helped me achieve success. I'm happy to hear that. And making that a priority. Yeah. And making that a part of your grind, too. Like, like, the thought of scarcity, for me, has always been... and Because we were living in a really impoverished situation at one point. Like, both of us didn't have much. Yeah. But we never... I never wanted us to lose that sense of abundance in thought. Because if you are impoverished... In your, if you say there's not enough, there's not enough, there's not enough, then only one thing can happen. Yeah. There won't be enough, and there never will be. And I think coming from a broken home, or a home that is, like for myself, uh, dealt with my father's drug addictions and poverty and different issues, and a lot of violence and abuse and all that stuff, you start to, if you're lucky, you learn to build a new family around you. Yes, the family you choose. The family, yes, that you choose for yourself. Yeah. And that becomes a home in its own way. That becomes their happiness is like the wall in the house that you never had. Yeah. And the foundation. And the fact that they're well makes you feel better. Um, and it's so important. I don't like. I had a, a scare recently where a really good friend of mine, uh, his wife was diagnosed with brain tumor. Oh, no. Had to go emergency surgery. And we're also really close. And I, I just realized... It didn't matter at the point at that point uh, that I was good and like things were going well for me. I was achieving success in my career. My my family, my my home, my home was yeah. was broken and breaking. Yeah. And you know when you don't come from much and the people around you are the foundation of your life. Yeah. That's so important. It is that that they're safe and they're doing well, and also shows you what's real and what's not. You know what I mean? I would. Yeah given up a lot of what I had to make that situation better. Just How so is she doing? Better. Good. Like, better. Like, uh, you know, still dealing with things, but not in um, any sort of in imminent danger like she was at the time. So, um, you know, I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I It's a hard thought for me to really articulate well, but I, I just thinking about where I came from and building a family around me with my friends. Yeah. Making and, sure they're there and they're winning. And what what did you say to me the other day? You said you quoted Kanye, which surprised me. Oh man! <laughs> what did you? Because I was I you know. Uh, we'll be brothers forever. 
what happens to one of us happens to us together. together. Yeah. That's it. And I think that is the core That's of it. what makes great French, uh, great friendships and great people. Yeah, you could kill it as much as you want, but if the people around you are hard-suffering and they're your family and you love them... Then you're hard-suffering yeah. and, and you should change the and that's, situation. I think that's the attitude we've kept around us as friends. We've been there for each other for... Everything. Ups and downs and bad relationships and weird... And our parents' relationships. Yeah. And, like, and I think that's part of it as well is, like, I, you know, one of the my, one of my most enduring memories, and I, this is way, like, as far back, I needed... I didn't have I I had I, I wanted to get a tra a, a business license for something, mm -hmm. uh, or something one of the many businesses I opened that <laughs> failed, and uh, and each one of those failures led to what I have now. But um, I remember, I had decided that I was going to apply to law school, yeah. and then at the same time because all my money had been spent to go to to apply and to do the LSAT to do a bunch of stuff. I needed a tra a business license because I need I was I was run I would I there was an event and I needed to show a license, and um, and I remember I came to you and I was like I need sixty bucks I need sixty or eighty bucks or whatever and I think you gave me like a hundred and forty like you gave me more than what I needed, and then I I, I believe I paid you back in beer. You, I remember I came to pay you back and I I, gave, I paid you back and it was yeah. like you just told me to buy whatever. But I remember thinking you were really the only person I could go to with no judgment that knew okay that 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 like yeah. you're one of the very few people that I could kind of come to and say like listen I've got this thing I need this and I'll pay you back and it was really. Wonderful. Not everyone's like this, but if I, I think if you're losing in life and you, you like you personally are suffering and it's it's it hurts me. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I don't want I wouldn't want any of my close friends. I don't have a lot to go through anything like. That. I don't want like the idea of you asking somebody else. It, it, and, yeah, I've I felt the same way. Is like it would be weird to me if I would if I if you went somewhere somewhere else before you came to me. Yeah. And but so here's a question that I know actually I, I have to return to the guy's questions, but I have yeah. a question that I know has come up in, in previous conversations. Um, how do we make deeper connections in a world that seems more separated? Like how do we make friendships like ours? If this if we met today versus meeting and we were young today how do you think young people are navigating creating deeper connections because i don't know if they're really sitting and speaking you have to find comfort in silence you have yeah. to like find the there's like this there's this there's like this wavelength a vibration that only occurs in silence that yes. when two people are together and nothing's being said and you can just let the stillness of the vibe between the both of you rest Comfortably. Like rest comfortably without judgment or like the need to fill that space with sound. Yeah. You you connect deeper. There's this whole trick about sales when you're buying something. If you wanna if, if you wanna bring out a lie and you wanna know the truth, when you are the buyer, yeah, try to remain silent. People are very uncomfortable with silence, yes. especially today. Because we're so we're filled with we're inundated inundated with sound and visuals. So if you're going to buy a car, and you're looking at the vehicle. You 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 would say you you know you, how's the how's the engine? And a liar will lie, right? If they're right. gonna lie, and then you let the silence do the rest. You just sit there and look at it and just wait. And if people are being insecure, if they're lying, they're keeping something from you. They will be broken by your silence and reveal truth. They'll let you know. 
They'll let you know in a right. weird way. Well, the last time I got the oil change was probably a year ago, but you let the silence reveal things. And I think being able to spend a lot of time, you know, with you and in road trips and doing stuff where we're just doing nothing. Yeah. We, there was a lot of I think because we were both so such a level like high high achievers. When we hung out, we didn't do anything. No. <laughs> like, we really just... Yeah. I remember a lot that, of sitting. Yeah. Look at that swan. <laughs> Look at that swan. Mississauga, we were, uh, where we spent a lot of time, the lake had giant birds. And right. they were like dinosaurs. <laughs> they were... I actually, don't regret spending time looking at those things. So they were majestic <laughs> they were... <laughs> and strange. So They were so odd. But yeah, be one with the silence and let that connect yeah. you and let that vibration happen, that vibe happen. Um, so question from the boys, yes. how can we, okay, so this is a work question. So for those of you who now know, uh, Jason is a voice on uh, Canadian radio. Yeah. He has a podcast that far surpassed <laughs> the Dukan shows, um, you know, thresholds for success, uh, because he started long before, uh, you started podcasting. Yes. But how long ago? You're going to be in this relationship the Oprah one day and I will be Gail King. I, I'm fine with that. You're my Gail. I'm fine with that. She's <laughs> doing great things. Gail's doing great things right now. I'm fine. By the way. By the way. Salam. Salam.